Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Strip Down. Super excited for today's recording. I have the amazing Asher here. He and I actually recorded before the holidays and <laughs> technology, uh, you know, my uh, issues decided to not release the episode. I had some technical issues going on and Asher was so amazing to come back to be on my show because we had such a great episode and I know that uh, this is only going to be that much better. But for those that don't know Asher Gotsman, he is a CEO, a mentor, an entrepreneur, a storyteller, a rabbi, a connector, and a dad and as well as someone who is all about showing up in this world. And I was on his amazing podcast as well which we will talk all about so you guys can go find it. It's incredible. And what I love about Asher is that everything he's been through in his own journey, he's really trying to, you know, put out in the world and have people have it help them, you know, rehabilitate their souls, how they are, do their groundwork. And I'm just amazed by everything he's doing, you know, from his own journey as, you know, transparent and vulnerable as he can be. I know you guys know I speak about this all the time about how real and raw stripped is, but I just think like Asher is the most amazing guest for this podcast because of his real and rawness. So without further ado, Asher, welcome to my show. Thank you for having me on again. Yes, I know. I had to be real about that because like I think it's important for people to know, you know, like things happen and it, you know, it sucked. I was super upset because I wanted it to like, you know, of course, like air right away, but for whatever reason, you know, it just, I had technical issues and I think that I, that's also a testament to you to come back on because there's been a lot of times where, you know, you have issues with recording. He'll be like, oh, no, never mind. I'm good, you know? And, and when I reached out to you, you were so, like, you know, gracious and so sweet. And we're like, it's fine. No big deal. We'll just re-record. And I think that's a big testament to you and the way you handle things just in general with everything, you know, you do with your own brand and, you know, as a father and, you know, the way you mentor and, you know, your counseling and everything is like, I get it like we're all just showing up you know we're, we're all just doing our best and I think that they're you know that that's just so important so why don't you tell us a little bit more about you besides you know I said to you I was like I hate reading your bio because I feel like there's so much to you and I feel like it just like doesn't do you justice so why don't you kind of like walk us through who Asher is a little bit before we get into this so Asher's basically a degenerate rabbi <laughs> <laughs> who is in recovery himself. And the reason I use the word recovery is I'm trying to change the language of addiction, sobriety to the word recovery, because every human being in the world can be in recovery. And every human being has shit that they deal with and shit, shit. exactly. (laughs) And shit they can show up for. And as opposed to finding ways that we are different than it's like, let's find the similarities, Mm -hmm. right? Stop looking for the differences even myself, when I first got into recovery, it was all about the, the differences. I My therapist sent me to a 12-step meeting, and I came back, and I said, you know, you're a real asshole. <laughs> and I said, not only did I lose my money and lost my dignity, you want to compare me to a junkie on the street. So, And that was my, ter- my terminal uniqueness. I'm unique. You don't get it. I'm not like them. Mm-hmm. And every time I in my life that I've looked at I'm not like them, I've missed opportunities. Wow. You know, so I find that my whole journey is to find out, no, I actually am like them. We are humans having a human experience and we're all here trying to get connection and safety. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's stripped strip down. Is, and I'll bring, I'll bring up something I'm sure you guys talk about all the time and may be controversial. But yesterday I had a conversation with somebody who's extremely anti-vax. 
Uh, okay. Okay, and I happen to have vaccinated all my kids. Um, I prefer not them not to get polio. But, <laughs> you know, yet when I told them I'm pro-vaccination, there was such a visceral reaction. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, we can... We can disagree and still yeah, be friends, disagree. right? Sure, yeah. And but yet, I find in today's world, it's very hard it, to there, do. There's, mm-hmm. there's just if you don't agree, then you're not on my team, right? Right. And, and that's sad. Horrible. And but politics, mm-hmm. religion, oh, whatever it yeah, is, I if I don't, and I said no. There's no, there's no gray. It's no, all black right? and white. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. said that. So especially in the world I work in, in addiction and mental health issues, there is a. A, I guess widening um, space and some people are what we'll call harm reduction mm-hmm. and co- quote unquote meet you where you're at and then some are are completely abstinence based mm, okay. and you and they're, they're, they've become polar camps and I say no 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 you guys both have so much knowledge and you're both trying to accomplish the same thing which is helping people yeah so why aren't you working together yeah right Right. Why are you allowing your ego to get in the way of other people's recovery, right? So right. why aren't we having? And that's why I started the podcast is showing up is something that everybody can relate to. Mm-hmm. And yet, I guess my expertise from both using experiences, recovery experiences, and working in the field of mental well, health yeah, and recovery counsels so many people helps me have the conversation in the recovery world yet found that any time I identify somebody or label somebody, and we do that so much in society oh, today, right? Yeah. We label, and even mental health diagnoses, mm-hmm. you know, um, big, big, big word today is, you know, narcissistic disorder, personality disorder, borderline disorder. And I find that very often clinicians, professionals want to give a disorder so that they can give an excuse for the person's behavior as, oh. a, as opposed to let's just deal with the underlying symptoms. Why do I have to label the person? Right. Right. Once I label the person, they look at themselves as fucked up. So true. Right. And yeah. I find that to be, you know, so I don't, know, I don't know if the word is demeaning. And I think it's important to help them understand what their challenges are. Yeah. Yet they don't need to be labeled. And I think it's important to label them for me- medicinal purposes. Yeah. For pres- prescribing the appropriate medications. After that, I think it's, and I was actually speaking to somebody was a dear friend, slight mentor, and he was telling me that he literally wants to get rid of. He runs a big health treatment facility, and he says he wants to get rid of all diag- uh, diagnostic labels. Oh wow! Yeah, and I said, I'm, "I'm sounds great." Yeah, you know. So why do you, why do you think like you said, of course, for medicinal purposes, but why why do you the, what do you think the underlying root of why we really label is? Because obviously it is needed in medicine to be able to go, okay, this is you know what you have, so then this is what we're prescribing, but Past that, why, why do you think, you know, like labels, like even, of course, as you said, you're, you know, you know, you consider yourself in recovery and all things that you've gone through. Why do you think those labels exist? I think labels in general exist either for two reasons, bring us together, bring us apart, hmm. right? So either we label in an area that we represent as, because I was going back to that this separate world and it's, we call friends fans, right? right. They're not really friends, True. they're fans because- mm-hmm. What I would hope I can get from a friend is the truth. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Is tell me really. And I always say, please tell it to me in a loving way. Actually, my mom told me that when I was three, three, four years old, I actually said to them, I guess, I don't know, I was afraid of getting hit. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. But uh, And I said, please talk to me. Don't hit me. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I was manipulating from three. No, but, <laughs> you know, um, and I, I was good at it. But no, it, yet I always say, let's let's talk about it, right? right. And then so you don't. Um, and then back to um, what I would love in a friend is talk to me in a loving way. Mm-hmm. So don't just cast me aside. Don't get angry at, with me. Or if you are angry with me, be wait until you're not as angry and then yeah. talk to me about it because right. I want to correct because I do you know fuck up I don't know 32 times a day 42 <laughs> times yeah, 72 you can admit that and right. I think that that you know especially with again your podcast was showing up that is about showing up right like I think so many people going back to labels and just the way we operate and myself included but so many people have trouble just saying I fucked up you know I made a mistake instead of and, and then instead they try to find these labels of like, oh, this is what's going on with me or, oh, this. But it's like, to me, it's kind of a crutch. And I've totally been guilty of that mm-hmm. as well. And even with my own postpartum depression that, you know, like I've gone through and we've discussed, you know, on your podcast, like in the beginning, I realized I was using it as a crutch. And even though it was something I was genuinely going through, mm-hmm. I had to like wake up and be like, okay, but am I going to show up? And am I going to actually like try to go through this and learn from this and, you know, go forward? Or I gonna sit in this shit and just say, oh, well, I have that, so you know, then this is where I am now. This is this is my new normal. And I think that's kind of the disconnect with like, you know, the labels on ourselves and on others, and then you know the way we operate. Right. So the label in that case is to give yourself an excuse at times not to show up. Right. What do you want from me? I have postpartum depression, which is a big, de- which is a real thing, and it's a big deal, and I don't want to belittle the postpartum depression no, it is yet the only way to get out of it mm-hmm. is to show up right right you gotta show you can show up slowly but mm-hmm. sitting in your bed's not gonna help and no and i had oh, to learn that right and yeah. a, a label of a victim right and we many people in society have been victims of things that should not happen to any human being mm-hmm. yet acting as a victim is not going to help them recover or move forward from from that episode right right you know i always say you are a victim you were a victim and if being a victim helped Mm -hmm. i'd encourage it Mm -hmm. unfortunately it's not going to help right and then as long as you remain a victim perpetrator is the one that's winning True. because the perpetrator still holds the power over you right it was i i was in barbados and we were having a we were having a uh, communication Mm-hmm. And the question was, you know, I never met this person before in my life, okay? okay? And the question was, what was the seminal moment in your life? What was, like, the most significant moment uh-huh. in your life? And she turns to me and she goes, the day I went to the home of the gentleman who raped me and I told him I forgive him. Whoa. Now, I'm not suggesting anybody go to the home of the person that rapes him yeah, and says they forgive him. Right. Yet she said he no longer held power over me. Oh, it was, because she released it. She released it. Wow. She said, you know what? You have no power over me. Mm-hmm. I forgive you. And more importantly, I forgive me. Because mm. so often when people are abused, they blame themselves. What did I do to sure. to do that? And, and well, Yeah, and I think most traumas you do blame yourself. Because I mean, you know, wow to her. But like, I mean, you know, that was kind of the reason I started, I told you, like stripped down. It was like I needed a place first to just kind of air what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And journaling and writing, going to therapists and all these things that was helping. But I was suggested like, hey, maybe just say it out loud and not just journal it. And then once I said it out loud and I really recorded that first episode more than the death of me when I had like you know friends and family listen to it and they were like oh you should actually put this out there it was like then it actually felt like cathartic for me and like healing even though it was so hard to share mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is how real and raw and dark you know I felt about this but then once I did release that I did notice 
more and more I started to feel that healing and I guess that release of the power is not over me anymore and then especially then connecting with other moms and you know other parents and all these things and people sharing their stories being like wow I'm really not alone in this right so you encourage connection you encourage community mm -hmm. right and that's my my dream was to create the community that espouse the values of Judaism and, or Judeo-Christian values without the separation. Okay. Right? So without the label. Right. right. Without the label. So <laughs> let's take the charity, kindness, you know, uh, love thy neighbor like thyself. Universal. Yes. You know, it's just what I learned if, through the lens of Judaism. Yet they're universal um, thoughts, universal theories. They don't have to be religious. Create community. Because today, as much as you know, uh, I don't even know what I'm about to say. But as much as we the, the we had problems, call it in the 50s with religion, mm -hmm. it offered a sense of community for people, okay. right? We we gathered together around something. So the question today is that we don't have that, and we have this false sense of community through social media, mm -hmm. and which is not community. Yeah, right. It's it's your relationships with people that you do not know on the internet are not real relationships. Uh, they're, I don't know what they are. They're internet relationships. I had a friend who says, are you real, really famous or, or internet famous? <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting you said that about social media because, so, and I could agree with you. Like it's definitely, you know, it's definitely not like a, a true, real connection. But it's interesting, like for me, with going through postpartum depression and with being a mom and now, you know, being pregnant with my second, sharing my motherhood journey on my social and seeing how many moms and parents reach out to me on the daily, by the hour, in messages saying, you know, I heard this, you know, about you or I read this caption that you wrote about mm -hmm. this day and this kind of thing. To me, it feels like real community because we're continuously writing back and forth to each other and I know what's going on with them and mm -hmm, I know if they're mm -hmm. having a hard day and I know their kid's name because they shared it with me. Sure. So it's like, I'm, I'm very curious to hear your perspective of like where I guess is the, I don't want to say line, but like where, I guess like where is the, the change maybe in like versus when you just have social media and you're just following and whatever and then where it actually becomes community and actually sure. becomes connection. So, so I, I would say it's a multiplication factor. So if you don't have your own small community, whatever that may be, we don't need a thousand friends, right? You need a couple, right? And right. you need a couple of uh, people that you socialize, that right? Yeah, for sure. That you socialize with in, 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 the, in the real world. And you're not isolating behind a computer or in, in, in private. So you have that. And those are the people you're, real, you're also, also real with. Mm -hmm. then, that's, then your social media connections become a multiplication factor. Uh, of that, so yeah, you have real connection with the with these people. Mm -hmm. You're also unique in the sense that what you espouse and speak about on your social media is who you are, right? right. So you're not presenting something to the world on social media that you're not in real, in, real, in, in quote True. unquote real life. Real life right. So okay. a lot of times we, or I'll say I, because I don't know what other people do. Right. Yet I will look at social media, someone's social media, and they look like they have everything in the world. And, mm -hmm. you know, I call it Facebook jealousy or Insta <laughs> jealousy. Yeah. When I get to know these people in, re in, in, in real life or right. outside the tube. <laughs> um, outside the... Outside the squares <laughs> of the net. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see that they have problems just like me. Right. 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 
A lot of facade. And there's a lot of facade and there's a lot of jealousy it creates and there's a lot of false belief and there's a lot of um, isolation. Oh, right. definitely yeah, you know, isolation in it. And I'm not talking about isolation where you separate, but isolation that you look at yourself as what you don't have as you're afraid to go out or and you have plenty of people that are supportive and you also have plenty of people that are negative. Of course. Right. So then how do I balance that and how do whom do I have to turn to? So for me, I have people I turn to for advice. I have therapists. I have guides. I have friends. And, you know, I try to create a, a real world and have the social media be an expansion of who I really am yeah. um, as opposed to who I want to present myself to you as. Cause that was a huge struggle of mine in life was yeah. if you only knew who I really was, you mm-hmm. wouldn't like me. Mm-hmm. Right. So now let me, pre- that was what was in your mind. Yeah. Okay. So I was a, I'm a people, I'm a people pleaser and it actually just hit me in the face again. Two weeks ago, somebody said to me, well, you're a people pleaser. I said, you know what? Yeah, I am. Well, haven't you grown out of it? And I said it most of the time, but not all the time. And that's okay. And I, and I own it. Well, and again, you own it and you realize it. And I think that so many of us, myself included, are guilty of that, but don't want to own it because we don't want to sit in our shit and we don't want to have to show up and be able to say like, oh, that is an actual fear of mine. And that is something I'm afraid that if you knew things about me that I don't want you to know about me, then you don't like me. So I'm only going to show you part of me. Sure. And I was guilty of that too before I became a mom. I mean, I've talked to you about this, you know, offline, but like with my social, if you had gone back, I mean, I've archived most of it now, but if you had gone back on my Instagram, you know, quite a few years ago, it was all glam, you know, all celebrities I was styling, me looking glam and fabulous, you know, totally different page and really showing the world what I just wanted them to see. Mm-hmm. Hey, this glam celebrity stylist whose clients are getting best dressed all over the world. And those were all real accomplishments, but it wasn't really showing Allie and mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. It was just showing me behind people that I was getting, I guess, the recognition from sure. and the validation from Sure. until I became a mom and all of a sudden my life shook up and I realized, oh my God, <laughs> I can't keep this glam anymore and right. I look like a hot mess and I can't be this person that I was before because it's literally impossible for me. I think that was a huge part of my postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And what was, it was, tell me more about that. So the huge part of the postpartum depression was the realization that you're not that person? I think it was a comedy. Eat, eat. Open it up. <laughs> I know. By the way, we it. eat on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Human, humans eat. Shh. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. I think that it was, I think it was a combination. I think it was a combination of I couldn't be glam anymore. Mm-hmm. Even when I got on my social to like talk, I didn't have, you know, the makeup on that sure. I normally have and be done and the whole thing. And then I think also the fact that I felt like when, you know, I had Amelia, you know, my birth, everything, all the trauma I went through, I just like felt like this crazy like ripping of like the old alley was just gone. It was like that person couldn't exist anymore because I became a mom and life just looked differently and my lens changed, I guess. So that's when you were really stripped. Yeah, right. Not not the right. TV show so where you had to, so you, that's when you were really stripped, right? right? So you thought you were stripped when you didn't have right. your shit and yeah. you and you and were and sure you were naked. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That's not stripped. Right. <laughs> that's stri- yeah. That's right. And uh so <laughs> you're like I'm going to have stripped. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Well, some, some higher power out there is going, I'm going to show you what really yeah, stripped I'm going to show you what this, really, yeah. what this really is. I gave you a taste of it. Maybe to, <laughs> maybe maybe a higher power was like, hey, I'll, I'll give you a taste of what this looks like when doing the show. And then exactly what actually yeah. happened. It was like, oh, my God. It right. was all fun and games until, yeah, until, until it wasn't, right? right? Exactly. So yet yeah. your experience from that probably ended up being your single greatest, aside from being a mom, accomplishment in the world. Yeah, 
well, I mean, I just feel like, you know, so many people will say to me, even friends and, you know, different people in the industry, you know, say to me, like, you know, I just feel like you don't care the way you used to when you show up to events anymore. And I've said to people, well, do you feel like, like, like I don't care in the sense of like, I don't care to be here. And they're like, no, it's like a very calming, like you're here and your presence is here, but it's no longer this like scattered, you know, must prove, must do this, blah, 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 alley. It's very much just, I'm here, everything's cool. You know, I'm happy to be here, but it's not this, I guess, overwhelming energy. And I guess I wasn't even aware that I was putting that out there, mm-hmm. you know? And then when people share with me, oh, you're so calm, oh, you're so this, or you're so that, I'm like, oh, I am? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you say so. But everyone's been telling me that, like close friends, like, oh, you have calming energy. And I'm like, well, the only way I can explain it is give a shit button is broken. Sure. It's like, I, I think you know, your give a shit broken, your give a shit broken got fixed. No. <laughs> your give a shit button got fixed. <laughs> Maybe. Right. It's to me, it feels like, it, like, you know, it's like, I'm just like, here I am. I, here, here's me. This is Allie and take it or leave it. Right. Whereas before, being in Hollywood especially, here's my facade. Like you said, here's this. I did a lot of that on social. And now I'm just like, here I am. Sure. You know? Which is amazing. Well, and it's like what you said of showing up. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I'm like, I'm showing up for myself. I'm showing up for who I always was. But sure. for whatever reason, you know, being in this industry and being in Hollywood, get consumed so much happened so much changes and I think I didn't realize how much I lost sight of and how much I was consumed by everything and mm-hmm. also I would I guess I don't want to say validate but I guess kind of I felt validated by my celebrities and clients that I was dressing and you know getting all these amazing accomplishments there because mm-hmm. the awards were huge but it didn't mean like that defined me but for whatever reason for a while it did it did yeah so you, you that was your identity I think so mm-hmm. yeah so I, I, I relate to what you're saying when it comes to like looking at those tiny squares and like having that like, oh, wow, it looks like they have it all. Because to me, I probably presented that as well mm-hmm. to the world at one point mm-hmm. until, like I said, I couldn't anymore. I realized for me, I had to sign off of social media when I was going through my postpartum depression because it was just a trigger. Mm-hmm. I couldn't handle it. I would just go on. And I would look at all these, you know, perfect people and perfect, even perfect moms that, you know, shade, but they show a perfect life, even if there's a mess behind it. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like, I, I feel like every day I'm, I feel okay. And then I go on and I judge myself and I go, oh, this says backwards, I got to get off. Which is amazing. That's a showing up moment right there. And I think that's, we should, we, we could have done this whole podcast for that message right there. <laughs> so honoring the no, right? Mm. Honoring the no. Sometimes it's okay to say no, right? And honoring it. Because if I ask you for something, I want you to say no. If you're only saying yes to please me, okay. right? So do I, in the moment, I may not want it yet. I don't want the repercussions because we're human, right? So when we say yes, when we want to say no, we end up acting it out in some way, shape or form. Now back to the no that self that serves ourselves is knowing ourselves well enough to say, I need to disengage from social media because it's affecting me in a negative way is the greatest no I can give myself because it says I'm valuable. I'm worthy of saying no. Mm. And so, like, obviously you counsel many clients. Mm -hmm. Do you go over that honoring of no? Sure. That's something I... Yeah, I said sometimes the answer is no. Some, you know, a lot of people go into a therapy session and they feel forced to talk Mm -hmm. because I paid for this time. I did this. What am I going to get out of it? Yeah. And I'm here. I, I told myself right. I had to and be I, here. And so that's why I never put time frames on our sessions. I said, sometimes you don't have anything to say. And that's okay. We check in for a couple minutes. You have nothing to say. And that's it. Move on. Right? Sometimes you're just not in the mood. That's okay. Honor that. Mm-hmm. Whatever message that may be. 
Now, if it's all the time, then honor that too and then find out what message that is too, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. sometimes it, it's, I say my, my job, if I do it perfectly, is to help you hear yourself. Oh. To be such a good listener, can repeat it back to you, do you actually hear yourself? Because so often somebody will say something to me, I'll repeat it back to them. They'll say, no, that's not what I said. I said, okay, great. Tell me again. They'll tell me again the exact same thing. Repeat it to them. It goes, yeah, that's exactly what I said. Oh. Because we very often don't hear ourselves. It's not that they were denying it. Yeah. It's that we don't hear ourselves, right? We have so much chatter so true. in our brains mm -hmm. going on at all times. So if we can slow down, because who am I to give you advice on what's best for you? I can give you advice of what's best for me, right? <laughs> you know, and very often people say, so tell me what to do. I said, if I tell you what to do, it's only going to make me feel better and you feel better in the moment. Mm. Right? It's not going right. to deal with the issue. Because I actually believe you're created with all the tools necessary to deal with your shit. Right. So when you, when you counsel others and you basically tell them that and you say, you do have the tools to work through your shit, whether you're aware of it or not, mm -hmm. how do you help them find those tools? It's a process. So we will. T so I don't like the four corners of an office. Uh -huh. So we'll take a walk. We'll take a hike. Make do a drawing. And I'll often share as well. So I do the work together with. So we do it together, and and we let it flow. And I, and I say the greatest gift you can give yourself is interviewing yourself. So you pretend you're Barbara Walters, and you and and you're asking questions of yourself from Barbara Walters perspective. So Barbara Walters would never be shameful, <laughs> would never be nasty, right? Right? Would never put you down. Barbara Walters is going to come and ask you. So, oh, interesting. So, think you don't deserve to live. Let's go let's go deep, right? Mm -hmm. You're thinking that you don't want to live, you're going to kill yourself. Okay? So, instead of saying that's a bad thought, ask yourself, tell me more about that. Don't mm -hmm. say why. Why is also a shameful word. Mm -hmm. You know, say ask yourself and then once you ask yourself, it becomes a process of gentleness. And it'll tell you stuff. But I, I find that we all have an inner child inside of us okay. that is doing things to save our lives. Sometimes things that really destroy our lives or will kill us. right? And it's saying, if you go to that par party, you're going to be embarrassed. You might as well kill yourself. right? So that's how drastic, because it's a little kid without the tools as an adult have. But if you speak to the little kid in a shameful way, it's just going to, it's only going to come out in an angry way. It's going to figure out how to come out. Right. If you go to it and say, okay, tell me more. Let's, let's have a conversation about this. They can say, well, I'm scared that everybody at the party is going to make fun of you. Mm. And then you can say, well, thank you. Honor it. And you can say, okay, but today I'm okay not really caring what other people at the party say about me. And if I do, you know, I'll let you know. Mm. So it's honoring it. It's, it's not shaming it. So. That's right, how you get to it. right, and that's how you get to learn more about yourself, and that's the work I try to do, and mm -hmm. I, I try to allow people just to honor where they're at. Right. Well, and with the not shaming, I love you said that because I'm so guilty of shaming myself, especially with being a mom. How do you handle that shame for yourself as well with someone who you know, has you know been in recovery and you know is a dad, all these things you know that go into your life and your journey? How do you I guess work through? Not yourself. So on the bad days, I shame myself. <laughs> okay. I Let's love uh, that like, okay. Yeah. So what are you talking funny. about? I will tell myself. I mean, you're. We do a gratitude list every yeah, every day. So how often funny. have I said I'm transcending the fact that I believe I'm a fraud? Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, very often, I walk into a room. I said, "What? What do I have to offer these people? Mm -hmm. 
a lot, but yeah. Well, okay, no, but I, that you could tell it to me all you want. That's mm -hmm. not what my brain says. Right. My brain says you're full of shit. What are you doing? You're a fraud, and stop, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And go crawl into your corner where you really belong, mm -hmm. right? Stop. What are you Amazing doing? How crazy our inner yeah, are. but that's what it says to me. And and then, some it used to be, you might as well just kill yourself. That's wow. it went all that far. So wow. okay, and I want to say it out loud because if you're having those thoughts, you're not bad. Yeah. Okay, you're not wrong. You're not bad, and they're just thoughts. Thoughts are thoughts are not feelings. And then you have feelings, and you can honor your feelings too. And it's okay. You don't right. have to act on either of them, mm -hmm. right? Because my goal, as you say, how do I work through shame? Is I'll recognize it, I'll try and own it, mm -hmm. and then I'll try and respond to it rather than react to it. Okay. So if I re respond instead of react. So okay. when I react, that's my impulse, mm -hmm. my impulsive move. And I, and for many years, I lacked impulse control. Mm -hmm. And in certain areas, I still lack impulse control. I we ate, all do. <laughs> right? I ate shitty foods all weekend, yeah. okay? And shamed myself over, you're going to be the fattest guy in America. So, um, And if you're fat, you might nobody's going to like you. And, nobody, and then right. might as well die. It didn't go that far. Mm -hmm. But it used to go that far. So now I honor it this morning. I was sitting there and I say, okay. So it used to go that far. Now I'm just a fat piece of shit, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to a fat piece of shit that might as well die. So... As opposed to saying, I cannot believe that I called myself a fat piece of shit. Right. right? And I right. shamed myself. Right. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You did that to protect yourself from either not eating more. To, and let's be gentle. Because mm -hmm. I have not found in my entire life personally that shame has been a motivator for change. Mm. Shame is a motivator for more shame. Right. Right? Yeah. It's not a motivator. So true. You go down a rabbit right? hole. And right? I heard somebody at a 12-step meeting say, I always thought I was a piece of shit. So I always had to do shitty things to prove it to myself. Oh. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So if you think you're good, and sometimes very often, not very often, I don't want to say very often, many times people will shame themselves so they can stay in that place. Oh. Okay. So, so they they'll say, I'm a, I'm a piece of shit, so why should I try? Right. right? I'm a junkie. What right. do you want from me? Going back to the label. Right. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I have, I have borderline personality disorder. What, what, what do you think? Why do you think I treat you poorly? Mm. Right? Where are their labels to defend their position as opposed to it's the name of our community yeah. transcending their initial position, transcending belief. When we were born, we were all artists, we were all musicians, we were all actors, we were all athletes, we were all anything we wanted to be. Right. right? Until the world and, so, and somebody <laughs> told us at some point in time we're not. Mm -hmm. Now, Yes, I'm not going to be an NBA ball player ever, right? right? Sure. And maybe to my child who tells me I'm going to be an NBA ball player, and I actually worked with somebody who had the delusion that he was going to be an NBA ball player, and I didn't take that delusion away. I said, maybe. Right. Right, it's possible. What do I know? Yeah. Yet, let's also have a backup plan. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. That's okay, right? right? Sure. So yeah. it's not about just constantly giving in and saying yes. It's about yes and. Yes and. Okay. And not yes but, yes and. Right. Right. Yes. I love that. Follow your dream. Mm -hmm. And how are you keeping your feet solidly planted on the ground that you have a backup plan? Mm -hmm. Right. Even somebody who's a star athlete, right? Most likely his career is going to be short. Right. Right. Most likely. And so what is your backup plan? Or what skills are you helping yourself so you have a yes and? Uh, right. If plan. Okay. If plan A doesn't work out, what's plan B? Right. And, right, right. and, and right. actually, and that's, it's and that's not right. even what's plan B. What is What are you going to do when inevitably you retire young? 
Because yeah. even the greatest player in the whole world retires young, mm-hmm. right? True. Yeah. And you have a whole nother life. Or I say to moms, and this is strip, a lot. You know, I I deal with adolescents eighteen to seventy, mm-hmm. right? So it's uh, a big, it's a long. It's a, it's a big <laughs> so right, usually we describe adolescents as sixteen to twenty. I deal with eighteen to seventy. Yeah. And there's a population of moms that were stay-at-home moms raised their children beautifully. Mm-hmm. Now they've they become empty nesters and they're lost. Yeah, I can see and, that. Right, and they f- and they have no identity and they mm-hmm. don't know whom they are. Well, and like your your life is your you're a mom. And which is the greatest accomplishment I believe a woman can do. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think a mom it, to me is greater than a CEO is greater than anything in the world to raise the next generation of children is just what a, what, what an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, and what a I'm not saying don't be a CEO and no, don't of yeah. Uh, women are unique that they can do both. Men can't. Okay? <laughs> we can't. We you know what? Yeah, I mean we can be we can be great dads cuz we have great moms to watch out for us. Um now, I guess sometimes there's some role reversal going on today, and God bless if it works. Right. Who am I to say it doesn't work? Just in my own personal view, mm-hmm. my ego is attached to my success, and, to, and that's a work in progress too. Right. Yet, uh, so I say to moms, okay, so what does your social life look like? What, is, what hobbies are you volunteering? Are you getting involved in something? Are you having education today? Yeah. Right. We don't start collecting. We don't start um, saving for college at, at eighteen. Right. 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 We start saving for college at five. I mean, some people start saving before the kids are born. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, feel I, you. I, I, I didn't save because right. I paid for a private school tuitions <laughs> throughout. So I don't know. I was one of those guys that didn't know what saving was. Um, I try to save today, um, and I don't shame myself when I don't save. There you go. <laughs> right. Right. Yet I now found ways for me. It's a you know I don't know why I just veered on that but i find ways for me to save right mm-hmm. i buy a, a, a specific life insurance policy that i overfund and the money is automatically withdrawn from my account so mm-hmm. it's not yeah, there anymore okay. yeah so <laughs> but it's a way to save without i have right. no way of accessing those funds right it's right. done it's done right yeah. it's done if i you, you know it's yeah. done for me it doesn't have value the first few years right. so it's it's there yeah. and so so find ways mm-hmm. right instead of shaming yourself find ways and I say to even somebody whose whole life is work, mm-hmm. right? Men, they've destroyed their relationship with their children. Mm-hmm. Not intentionally, but be, by being non-present right. and over-involved in success. And then they retire and, or they get fired or they become so rich that they, you know, and they lose their identity. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing to make sure that what you do for a living is not necessarily what you do to live, mm. right? So I, my, my, my life has become completely intertwined. What, what I do for a living is what I do to live. Mm-hmm. So I know, I, I feel like the same as me. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. so now what I'm trying to do is make sure that at least 20% of that is on a completely free basis so those skills can be used forever. Right. Um, I also, the greatest accomplishment I've had in recovery is learning how to be present with my children. Yes. Okay, I was not, and they suffered because of it. And to me, it's not quantity. Mm-hmm. It, you know, for dads especially, mm-hmm. uh, moms really do spend a lot more time. Typically, I'm not. I'm not making a political yeah. statement no, here. Yeah, yeah. Yet I find that 
opinion from what you see. Yeah, just from yeah. it's not in an opinion. It's just in my in my world, right? Right. From what you right. see. Right. In in what I see in my world yeah. right. is primarily moms are the primary caretaker Correct. and dads are the right. secondary caretaker. Right. There are people that are. It's not of like course. that. So I don't. I'm not trying to say yet. It's not about um, quantity, it's about quality, right? Mm -hmm. So do you get home and put away your phone and help them with homework or sit down and have dinner? You get home, um, or even if you're only home three days a week or you only have your kids three days a week, playing a game with them, are you making them, are you listening to them? Are you having a conversation with them? Are you valuing their opinion? Same thing with a spouse or a, you know, you can spend every day of the week with somebody and mm -hmm. not spend a, a second with them. That's true. Right? I know. I realized that last night with right? Justin. We went out, you know, for a late Valentine's, you know, because we didn't want to go out with the craziness on Friday. And, you know, we said to each other after we took a walk around the lake and just had dinner, like, this was so nice. And we didn't do anything, like, crazy extravagant. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't, like, have these crazy, mind-blowing conversations. But it was just so nice to reconnect. And we both realized that we're both so guilty of not being present and being so busy, especially with Amelia and being obviously, sure. you know, with the next girl and life and everything else that, you know, comes into play. Like you said, the business, our minds, everything, work. But we are together all the time. Like, you know, every evening we come from work, you know, in bed, the whole thing. But we're not really right. together. Yeah. And it's, so hence the, you, you, you spend a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. You're around each other a lot, yet mm -hmm. you don't have the, quanti the, the quality. You have the quantity. So, and to me... I, for most of my time, I didn't have either quantity or quality. Mm -hmm. And for those that have a difficulty being present, I started it with 90 seconds, counting backwards. For the next 90 seconds, I'm going to read a book to my kid or do an activity with my kid and appreciate it. Mm -hmm. For 90 seconds, I'm off the hook. <laughs> okay? And then 90 seconds turns into 180 seconds, which turns into 500 seconds, right. which turns into, I don't know, you know, uh, five thousand seconds, right, which yeah. is well, which is well, which well. is an hour, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And then you just do it. Yeah. You know, and and I become interested. I'm not a Harry Potter guy, but my son was a Harry Potter guy, so Aww. I became a Harry Potter guy. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and you're a dad of five. 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 Yeah, that's what I thought. Five. So I mean, you really had to put that into your own you know, mind and obviously work to be able to do with each child mm -hmm. because you have five children, mm -hmm. and you've told me before. Um, offline that we've talked about, you know, like with you being a dad and everything, mm -hmm. you said to me, like, you do individual things with them even now. You go, you know, on this trip or you do this together mm -hmm. because you create sure. that present time with mm -hmm. them. And it's really important to me. Yeah, well, and I mean, so obviously it started with, like you said, of like the 90 seconds and all that, and then what? It led you to then realizing, like... Starting to appreciate. Yeah. Starting to see the lights that went on. Mm -hmm. Starting to be able to be present with myself. Right. Which that's what it ultimately was. I, I was so uncomfortable mm -hmm. in my own skin mm -hmm. that I didn't know how to be present. Right. It wasn't that I was a bad guy. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to spend time with my children. Mm -hmm. It was I, 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 I couldn't sit here. So I had to right. be there. I had to be anywhere. Right. right? I, had, I needed the action. Because if I sat idle, I thought about myself. So well, that's we what we all do, right? right? Like when we sit with ourselves, that's why we don't want right. to sit in our shit. I always say, because when you sit with yourself, it all comes up. And right. like you said, those thoughts, those feelings, everything comes into play. And who, who wants to sit with that? Who wants to deal right. with that? So, and, 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 that w and so I'd say, instead of sitting with myself for these moments, right? You're not sitting with yourself. You have your child here. Mm -hmm. right? And I, I, I didn't know how. Right. I really didn't. It yeah. wasn't. 
You know, I wasn't the dad who played ball with their kids. I right. just, that, I didn't know how. So, right. okay, so let me find things that we do like together. Now, my little ones, we love, we, we, you know, we have activities. We golf, mm-hmm. mini, mini golf, uh-huh. bowling, uh-huh. gin, <laughs> you know, a game called sequence, um, spit and, you know, and I don't let them win, <laughs> but they do, but they do beat me. Um, and my son plays sports and, you know, not great, but he plays them. And as long as he's having a good time, yeah, I don't care. And I go to his games and, and, you know, so right. you, that, find and you find things that, and my daughter, you know, I, my, if my daughters want to shop, then I'll take them shopping. Yeah. You know, that, do I like it? No, no. Right, sure. but who cares? Yeah, my dad's got right? to who, who, who cares? <laughs> Yet when I used to say, okay, I'll take you shopping, mm-hmm. we'd get to the, the store mm-hmm. and I'd say, when are we done? When are we done? Right. So same 30 minutes mm-hmm. that we were in the store could yeah. have been done with ease, pleasure, and have been a good experience. Right. As opposed to I'm going to be there 30 minutes anyway and complain the whole time. So true. Right? And, and actually be present. And my daughter, right, the, my daughters and I like to get mani, mani pedis. Yeah, I love so. it. That's awesome. So, yeah, so we find things, you know. Right. My son and I like to just chill sometimes, right. you know. Yeah. We'll watch movies. Mm-hmm. Um, last year we did a Magnolia Bakery dinner and oh, movies. So, so we didn't eat all day. <laughs> and we literally had one of each and I love it. became gluttons. It was great. Yeah. And, so that's, that's, and, and, your, and your daughter is getting married in a week. She is getting that's married so in a exciting. week. Yes, it's amazing. And she's wonderful. And. I actually called her on Friday to say, I'm really proud of you. Aww. And she said, why? I said, because you really have not been bridezilla. <laughs> I, I said, was, yes. I was a little bit of bridezilla. <laughs> I said, you, you were a pain in the ass at times. Yet I just want to, I, 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 I'm, I'm quick to recognize when you do something wrong. Mm-hmm. So I want to be quick to recognize that you didn't, you didn't, ha- you didn't pro- proactively do anything wow mm-hmm. yet because you didn't proactively be difficult which is your job to be right now right right she's getting married she's young mm-hmm. scary her job is to be difficult right. that's it you yeah. know it's like when somebody relapses on drugs and they say how could you i said how could you not mm. right that's what right. they've been doing their whole life so okay you did it now let's move forward and figure it out so i it's i think i don't know yeah valentine's day just let's recognize and our spouses are just being and yeah. not being difficult. It doesn't have to be that they're doing something extraordinary, right? Right. Let's just honor the peace. Yeah, right. No, I mean, it's so true. Right. It's right. Which and is huge, right? Because yeah. we, we want to complain. Of course. Yeah. Always. It's, 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 it's yeah. easier to complain. Easier, than right. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and what are the ages of all five of your kids? Uh-huh. No. Uh <laughs> 22, if I answer this incorrectly, it means I'm a bad, no, I'm kidding. Um, 22, 19, 17, 13, and 10. Okay. And yeah, so quite the age gap. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all awesome. Yeah. No, they're all great. That's, that's amazing. And I can't say that we've always had great, but again, talking about showing up, my 13-year-old went through a period of time where she was angry with me and she didn't talk to me, mm-hmm. and I continue to show up. Mm. It, it, and it, 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 there are children. Yeah. Always, even if they claim to hate us, they love us. Yeah, of course. And and, and, and sometimes we need to fix our behavior too. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I apologize to my children all the time. Um, and not only I stopped only apologizing, I I, I make it a effort to actually change the behavior. So right. it's not just I'm sorry and I'm going to do it again tomorrow, right? It's I'm sorry and I'm going to do this and this and not do it again tomorrow. And and I'm sure they've also learned that from you as well, yeah. from your own journey of yeah. like. 
changing the no, conversation. I don't like I don't right. I don't like to be corrected, right? right. Yet I correct my children all the time. Mm-hmm. And they don't like it. So I said, Okay, I'm gonna be actively aware and I hopefully won't do it. And I got myself the next day about to do it and I said, <laughs> I'm about to correct you and I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you caught yourself yeah. and you were and you yeah. were aware and yeah. present to that mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well and you know, going back to what you're doing with like your community and everything with you know, the transcending of your community, I feel like that's a huge part of your message is you're like, We're all aware that we all have shit. We're all you know, we're aware mm-hmm. that you're here because you're going through something, whatever it is, but like we're going to make you aware and have you be present so that you have to change it and that you have the skills to change it and not continue into the same thing and think, oh, this, like you said, is what it's supposed to be. Well, I'm a junkie, so I'm just a junkie. Right. Transcending the belief to... To have I, a positive experience. Right. Or, or or even a negative experience would be present for it. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I can't, not, all, not all experiences are going to be good. Oh, yeah. Life's gonna, life, right? life is going <laughs> to throw us plenty of shit. Mm-hmm. Yet I hell is a little bit cooler when I hold your hand. Mm, right? When that. you don't mm-hmm. go through it alone. Right. right? I may not be able to change anything. Mm-hmm. Right? I, if you have a cancer diagnosis and I can hold your hand through it and mm-hmm. show up for you, I can't make you better. Sure. Uh, you know, and very often we'll say you're going to be okay. We don't want to hear that. Right. Right? Of course. People say you're going to be okay to assuage their own fears. Right. 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 So. You know, to me, it's, I don't know if you're going to be okay. Right. Yet I do know that I can be there with you and they'll probably make it a little less stressful, a little less painful. Right. And a little less lonely. Well, and I think also too, you know, again, you say like being present to them and also giving them that kind mm-hmm. of little space to be present to themselves in the situation and potentially making the thing better because we've seen with so many people just, you know, in general, whether we know them personally or not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. diagnoses and things have changed because of a mental switch and that they, they don't just sit in it and say, well, then this is, this is what this is for me. I would bet, mm-hmm. and I haven't done this study, that attitude is a huge percentage in recovery from illness. I would believe that. Yeah. yeah. I would say that if somebody has a positive outlook, and says, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to fight it. Not a guarantee. I just think that the, the percentages, that's, it's just a guess. Yeah. I've, no, I've not sure. studied it no. that I find that attitude. And then your quality of life in that process is better too. So even if you don't make it, you know, during that process, you, you, yeah. you know, you, you actually had a better quality of life. Right. So. Well, and I'm sure, like you said, you haven't studied it, but just attitude in general, you're also with your own clients that you counsel all the time. That is something that obviously you sure. work on is their, their shift of their attitude towards everything. Drugs and alcohol are a solution. They're not a problem. They're a short-term solution to a long-term problem. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's attack the problem. Right. Let's not identify the solution as the problem. Mm-hmm. Let's okay. attack it. Let's right. see ourselves as a human having a human experience with difficulty and challenges. And, okay, that was my solution before. What's my new solution? Well, and going back to when you were saying earlier on about your gratitude list and that I'm so grateful to be on that I receive every day that you write out, that is obviously for you personally that you that you write out for yourself, to, I'm guessing, to help you stay present and mm-hmm. to help you also create that gratitude for yourself of changing the attitude and being like, okay, you know, this is what is working for me right now. This is what I'm transcending. What made you start that gratitude list? And, and I guess my... Your question would be for you, you know, how we were talking about being present and all these things. Like, how did you start to fine tune for Asher? How do I become present and then get yourself from present to that gratitude moment? Because I think that was something for me too, personally, 
I had a hard time finding a switch and I still am working very hard mm -hmm. on it. Like, okay, I'm way more present. I realize that about myself, maybe not all the time, mm -hmm. but it's way better than it was before. And I'm constantly aware of it and working towards it. But now I'm especially trying to work towards the other side of that, which is changing your attitude, you know, being grateful, creating, whether it be, you know, your gratitude journals, your list, whatever it is that makes it work for you. Obviously everyone's different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm curious for you as Asher, like how that has all played out and now gotten you to this gratitude list. So the gratitude list started about two and a half years ago with somebody that was going through a really difficult period of time in their life. And I said, you know what, I'm going to ask you uh, to send me a daily gratitude list. And I said, I can't ask you if I'm not willing to do it. So I'm going to mm -hmm. send it to you first. And I'm asking you by the end of the day to respond to me. And we started it. And I find that gratitude lists are very similar to exercise. They're very often we'll, you know, we'll go on a good regimen and we're starting to feel better. And then because we're feeling better, we stop doing it. Mm -hmm. So I find that it's every morning, no matter what, except for Saturdays, I give myself a day off a week. <laughs> I write a gratitude list. And it's important because on the days that I feel shitty, it really helps. Right. Um, and it also forces me, because sometimes I don't think I'm gr grateful for anything that day. Right. right? I think we, so I it forces me, right. Yeah. So it forces me to look at what I am still grateful for in mm -hmm. those moments mm -hmm. and in those days. And, you know, it's so quick. Right. And it's it shifts. It really helps with a shift because I can wallow in my shit. Mm -hmm. I'm super capable of it. So mm -hmm. that's you know. Well, and and uh, you know, I asked you to put me, you know, on you know your list because I was when we talked about it on your show. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I would love to receive that because I'm working so hard on mm -hmm. you know writing my own gratitude journals and everything. And so I mean, I have many on my phone that I you know that I love, but one of the ones that like really spoke to me was today I'm grateful for my relationship with my children I'm grateful that God always watches out for me I'm grateful for kindness I'm grateful for patience I'm grateful for exercise I'm grateful for my spiritual practice I'm grateful for using my trials and tribulations to benefit others today I'm transcending my desire to make it all about me knowing it has nothing to do with me I just thought that was so beautiful because I think it really speaks to again the community mm -hmm. you know whether that just be a few people or hundreds of people who are receiving that because you you know have been sharing a lot of these you know gratitudes on your social now and everything too but it really spoke to me because i was like wow you could really feel in that message mm -hmm. the things that you were kind of like i guess i would say like maybe those like you know those thoughts the things mm -hmm. that like are mm -hmm. spinning in your head like oh but this is why i'm not quote unquote worthy but working through that and then being like but these are the things that i'm truly grateful for and i can see in front of me like are something that are part of me mm -hmm. and I really believe. I think that that is huge because I think a lot of times when people write just a gratitude list, I've had friends of mine say to me, oh, I write a bunch of things down, but I don't feel like anything changes. And, and my response is, but do you believe in what you're writing down? Mm -hmm. You know, do you really feel it? Versus just writing down like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful that, you know, the sun was this today. And it's like, I get that. We can all do that. Mm -hmm. But like really with, you know, like your, you know, gratitude list, you can really feel, I believe, the emotion behind it of like, what you're fighting with, but then what you're choosing regardless of that negativity, be grateful for. Yeah. And sometimes I always say I'm grateful for shit, right? Because <laughs> it sucks, but I'm going to deal with it. And maybe someday I'll find out why it was beneficial <laughs> for me. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. So, yeah. Right, and well, and, and, and working through that. So for you, it's searching up yours with a list because of a friend, and now for you, you've continued to do it for yourself. Correct. Uh, and ultimately, everything I do is for myself. Right, right. right. And, you know, that's okay. Yeah, and hopefully others benefit from it, too. Yeah, well, so. we, have, we have to look out for number one, right? Something if I've you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. That's mm -hmm. not true. You can, 
Yet, if you're not working towards loving yourself, mm -hmm. it's very difficult or almost impossible to love anybody else. Right. Again, I don't think you have to get there because I don't. I don't even know if I'm. I'm there. Right. I, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I some days I am, some days I'm not. That's what I was gonna say. Okay. I'm sure there's a switch. Yeah. I think I feel the same. It's like some days I feel, of course, on top of the world. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I totally love everything going on with me and sure. love on Allie. And the other days I'm like, oh god, gross. You know, exactly. You know, it's like right. so. I yeah. I but I think that most people listening sure. would agree with that that they've Absolutely. had those feelings as well. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's been so many amazing gems in this show. Is there anything else? that you would want us to know. Obviously, I want people to go check out your podcast showing up because this goes back to all that intertwined. It's the way you, know, you handle your community with counseling and just who you are. Your podcast really speaks to so much of this showing up, going through all your shit and still showing up. You know, um, but is there anything else you'd want to share with us or anything else you want to leave us with as far as anything that you, know, you do that maybe you'd say to others that they could try for their own toolboxes? You know, anything like that. Don't be afraid to share what really scares you. Mm, if that. somebody doesn't love you for what you're going to say, screw them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, screw them. Yeah. Be you because that's the best version of you. Right. I think that's what I would say. And I'm saying it to myself too. Yeah. So I'll I'm not, pre <laughs> right? I'm not preaching it to anybody else. I'm preaching it to me. Right. Be me, be authentic, be vulnerable, be real. And if somebody cannot accept me for that, fuck them. Yeah, I love that. No, so true. I mean, yeah. amen, so true. So. And I, I've learned that several times for myself and continue to tell myself, you know what? They're not for me because not yeah. everyone is for you, right? right? And that's okay. Yeah. And let them live. Yeah. And be well. Yeah, exactly. And it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> I love so, that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Asher. And just, Doug, I'm going to put in the show notes, but tell us, of course, where we can find you. I'm at, um, on Instagram at the Asher G. Um, website launching AsherGoddessman.com. My showing up with Asher Gottesman. Please share your stories. Please tell me. Please reach out to me. I do respond personally. I hope in timely fashion. <laughs> I do want to be there in your lives in whatever capacity I can be. And I do want you to know that no matter what, you're not alone. I love that. And of course, you know, wherever you listen to my podcast, you can find Asher's podcast showing up. You'll also find my episode there as well. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye.